This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and today I'm joined by a familiar and favorite friend and a favorite guest, and that is Storm Fairy Wolf. Those of you who are longtime listeners, you have heard Storm on the show multiple times, and will probably hear him multiple times in the future because... Well, I just like having him around. He's fun to talk to, and he always brings such a great range of topics to the show. So, Storm, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here. So, today we kind of are going, I guess you could say a little off script um, for the show usually. <laughs> <laughs> we had kind of talked about off air last time how we really wanted to talk more about uh, the love and light culture surrounding paganism and why it may or may not be such a great idea to fully embrace that kind of thing so storm what are your thoughts on the whole love and light thing oh my goodness i do have thoughts on this Um, (laughs) there's so many thoughts right (laughs) I, i um just a little bit of background um for people who don't know me um i worked in um the metaphysical genre forever (laughs) and in fact you know ended up buying the store that I had worked at you know for several years and then my husband and I and then later our partners um, helped to to run it and so we were definitely in the environment where the kind of love and light mentality is rampant Mm -hmm. and you know on the surface you know it seems pretty good it's like hey we want positive vibes we're trying to be kind to one another those are good things. That's not what I'm talking about when I, when I say that like love and light can actually be toxic, you know? Um, and it absolutely can be toxic. You know, this toxic positivity that will insist that, Oh no, um, positive vibes only, you know, and that, that really becomes an opportunity to simply deny uncomfortable emotions Mm -hmm. or sometimes to blame the victim you know, and these are things that I see happening, you know, and and so, yeah, so I definitely feel that love and light as an absolute, it's a form of spiritual extremism. Absolutely. And really it's a form of spiritual bypassing because what it does is it totally negates our ability to look at what might be wrong Mm -hmm. or to, to look at injustices or to look at even sicknesses. It prevents us from being able to address their root cause. And, and so it, it prefers people just sweep things under the rug and just pretend that everything's okay or just to believe that everything's okay when maybe it's not. You know, and it's kind of funny, you know, thinking about how love and light, you would think that love and light would be absolutely wonderful and a really great kind of thing to embrace. It is, as long as you're not taking it to the extreme. And it's that way with anything. If you take it to the extreme, obviously, then it becomes something that is no longer healthy and it goes into obsession and the darker roots of things, which is kind of what we're discussing today. But, you know, it's interesting kind of how you were saying that with some of the love and light culture, they tend to ignore even sickness. 
I cannot tell you if I, I mean, if I had like even just a nickel or even a penny for how many times people in the love and light community have told me because I'm chronically ill with MS, they're like, yeah, right. if you just have, you know, positivity, you'll get better. It'll be fine. I'm like, uh, that's not how that works. That's not how science works. Right. Oh, please don't. Oh my gosh. And, and this is so, it, it, to say it's offensive, I think doesn't really even sum it up. So I have a friend of mine. And um, she passed away several years ago, an older woman, um, she had lymphoma. And when she was first diagnosed, I believe it was her cousin who was part of this love and light, you know, mentality, came to her and said, why do you suppose you invited cancer into your life? Oh, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, even just hearing that, you know, be, that story being related to me. I was angry for my friend. Right. And my friend, you know, she was going through chemo. She didn't have the energy to even be angry about it. You know, it was like, whatever. Obviously, they're an a-hole. You know, I'm not going to focus on that. But she had no energy to focus on it. She was going through chemo. Right. So I was mad on her behalf. And, um, but that, it really just was another example of how this particular mindset um, really does not only deny science, you know, and root causes, it wasn't that she invited cancer into her life. It was, you know, probably a lot of different factors, not the least of which were environmental. You know, we have a lot of toxins in our environment, you know, don't get me on a anti-capitalist rant because I will certainly go there, you know, but because <laughs> of capitalism, it's far easier to pollute the environment, Yeah, of you course. know, and people are far more likely to look the other way. You know, and so, you know, that's probably part of, you know, why she got lymphoma, but things happen, you know, there, I do believe in random occurrences, you know, and there's this whole mentality within the love and light movement that says, oh, there are no accidents. And I understand on one level, we're trying to necessarily maybe trying to glean meaning, you know, for things in our lives and the thing that I've come to is sometimes things don't have a universal meaning, right? You know, and maybe we have to come up with our own meaning, but if we come up with our own meaning, let it be something that actually empowers us, you know, to make our lives better or to make the world better. But instead, what I see is a lot of victim blaming because this idea that, oh, there are no accidents really also means that there are no victims. And so if there are no victims, that means that anything bad that happens to you, it's 100% your fault. And this is really just another way to make ourselves feel better for not helping others. And, and, and I see this in the same way that I would see like the prosperity gospels in some forms of modern Christianity, mm -hmm. you know, that really kind of say, oh, well, if you're doing well, if you're rich, that's because God loves you. God wants you to be rich. Well, what does that mean for all the people in poverty? Does God not love them? You know, what, what exactly is going on here? But it, it, it's really part of the same problem. It's just we're going to deny our responsibility in helping others. We're going to withhold our compassion, you know, for other people. And we're going to hide that under a blanket of positive vibes only. You know, the funny thing and it's is, sickening. Yeah, it, the funny thing about all that is too, 
there's a difference between you know um to everyone who's listening there is a difference between not being able to help somebody and um wanting to help them or just and also choosing not to and a big part of what we're kind of talking about here is that these are the people that are choosing not to they're choosing to say you know what it's your fault you brought this onto yourself you let this in you did this to yourself and then you know you could almost equate that to it's all your fault you dressed wrong you did all that it's the same kind of mentality and it's just gross (laughs) so i mean exactly i mean when you're saying that i'm immediately thinking about you know um you know women who have been raped yeah absolutely and then there they are on the witness stand and they're being asked well how did you dress and what did you do beforehand and are you sure you didn't lead him on you know, it's the same type of thing. It's just, we don't want to deal with it. And so we're going to actually blame the person who is hurt. Because if we blame the hurting party, then we can feel a little bit better about not doing anything to help them. We can feel justified in withholding our help and compassion. And, but I do like what you said about, um, there's a difference, you know, right? Between Mm -hmm. being able to help somebody and choosing not to. Yeah. You know, and, you know, not all of us are able to help others. And a lot of us are just struggling to get by. Yeah, on our absolutely. Own. And, and maybe the only thing we can do that's helpful is to, you know, maybe like and share somebody's post. Or even just know. send, like, literally, we're talking about love and light, but also sending somebody positive energy and just being like, I can't do anything beyond this. Um, You know, I'll send you some good juju because that's all I got. That's all I can do for you. Yeah. And yeah, and, and that's, that's valid. more than enough sometimes. That's, that's that's that is the valid thing if that is literally all you can do and 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 sometimes that's all i can do you know i mean i i see a lot of gofundmes you know out there you know and um i i can't support them all no you know i have i have my own bills to pay you know i I don't have a mundane job (laughs) you know (laughs) this is what i do and and so you know i i don't have a lot of money and that's okay um i'm what you call old poor so I'm used to it. It's fine. I can I can live that way. And Old I'm poor cool is it. now becoming the popular new poor. So right. exactly. we're, we're all back in style with each other. It's great. <laughs> you know, but but still, you know, every once in a while, I I can, you know, maybe twenty dollars here, you know, whatever. And um, but sometimes I can't. And if I can't, then I can't. And I will send good vibes. I'll share that petition. I'll share that GoFundMe. You know, whatever, in the hopes that maybe through my sharing that will help them raise their funds, you know, whatever. Um, I do think that it gets tricky though, because I think a lot of people, you know, we get into that whole thing, like, Oh, thoughts and prayers, because you know, that that's something that like from the Christian side, we see a lot like, yeah, oh, that a also falls under that shooting. whole love and love and light thing, just for the record. Exactly. But yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just different words, but, but you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to give you my thoughts and prayers. And really Thoughts and prayers on their own are not enough, right? But we have to decide what what actually can I do, mm-hmm. you know, right now. Sometimes that is all you can do. And, the, and if that's all you can do, then that's fine. No shame in it. You know, then thoughts and prayers it is. It's just when that becomes the mantra, it really becomes like a smokescreen in a lot of cases because they're not really giving their thoughts and prayers. you You know know, if we're talking about like school shootings you know whatever yeah come on the evangelical christians are not really giving thoughts and prayers for that 
you know, they're just holding tightly onto their guns. I don't even know if they even acknowledge it outside of saying that, which is really interesting. But, you know, kind of bringing it full circle back to the, you know, what you can do and everything else. Like, yeah, when you say, yeah, the only thing that you can do is thoughts and prayers or sending good juju and all that. There are days where you can even take it a step further. And I often do this if I have the energy for it and I have the time for it and obviously the resources if I can. Um, and you know, do some spell work just to help out whatever the cause is, you know, send yeah, some of absolutely. that extra energy out there. And, you know, that's where it you're taking that step further and being more proactive towards it. If that's all you can do, that's okay. In terms of things like, you know, civil action movements where, you know, there's protests happening. If you can't be out there and protest and you can't donate to the causes or, you know, any of the, the funds or any of those things, if you see a protest, go take them a case of water. Take them, right? you know, a box of chips or something, something that they have out there so that you're still supporting the cause, even if you can't be there. And that still helps more than people realize. And often that's what we do because I don't, I'm not physically able to go out and protest, especially like during the summers and stuff like that, when it's like a hundred right? some odd degrees here and the humidity. So, you know, taking it that step further and just instead of just saying, oh, thoughts and prayers, love and light, have a nice day. <laughs> I know that sounds so terrible, but it's true. And when people are choosing to say, oh, it's your fault or, oh, this isn't okay. And they don't want to accept anything. They're like, no, I only do positive stuff only. I only practice the white magic. I only do this. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm saying when you only do that, that's when it starts right. to be border on obsession because you forget that we also have to embrace the shadow. There's two Absolutely. sides to every coin. There's two sides to the planet that we live on. There's light and dark. There's good and bad. There's everything in between. You have good weather, bad weather. And just like the good weather, when you have beautiful, sunny, sunny days, can cause a drought just so much as the bad weather can drop a tornado and knock out your house. Right. I mean, you know, another way to look at this, too, is if we're looking at it in terms of polarity, you know, you mentioned like light and dark. And, and, and I love that. I think we need to embrace both. And we need to recognize that light does not necessarily equate to good mm -hmm. and dark does not equate to bad. You know, that, that is a ridiculous oversimplification and I would like it <laughs> yes. if we could all just abandon that collectively now. <laughs> um, I am working on my path towards endarkenment and thank you very much. Um, but I, I, I really feel that we really are venturing into the conversation about shadow work, mm -hmm. you know, and the necessity for it. And I know a lot of people are getting sick of hearing it. They're like, oh my God, witchcraft now. Everyone's just talking about shadow work, shadow work, shadow work. But witchcraft and is so spicy psychology. Are... Let, let's be fair. Witchcraft is spicy psychology. That's literally what it is. <laughs> and so right, right. There embracing the psychology, psychology aspect of it is meaning you have to do the therapy work to go with that, which is your shadow work. That's a good point. <laughs> I like that spicy psychology. I actually heard that on TikTok oh and I was like, oh my God, that fits so well. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. You know, that, that's that's awesome. I mean, yes, on one level it is. I mean, I'm careful about that terminology whenever I have a session with uh, especially a new client. I'm very clear to say, hey, I am not a psychologist. You know, I'm yes. not a counselor. You know, if you're having, you know, these issues, maybe you need to speak to a therapist as well. You know, and some people love hearing that from me and some people don't. And it's especially for the ones who don't love hearing it that I need to say it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but, but 
shadow work, I feel that shadow work is in the DNA of witchcraft because mm -hmm. it really is about, for me, the way that I, you know, was exposed to witchcraft and, and my experience in it so far has been that it is about confronting our fear, you know, and, and everything else, but really our fear is kind of paramount. Our fear is kind of number one. And as, as witches, as warlocks, sorcerers, whatever, fill in the blank, you know, what, what we're looking for is power. And we're looking for power from within, not necessarily power over other people, although I'm sure a lot of people are looking for that as well. <laughs> um, you know, whatever, no harm, no foul. But, um, but really it's about power from within. We are looking for empowerment. We are looking for something that will help us live our lives in a better way so that we could feel more in control of our lives. Which, as a footnote, as an aside, we're never really in control of anything. Nope. You know, that's and where so the chaos part of comes this, in. Exactly. And part of this path is also recognizing that, you know, that like, hey, really, in order to quote unquote gain control of our lives, we need to release control. We need to surrender to the flow. And um, that's a that's a tough bill, especially for a lot of Westerners, you know, because I, I know like in Eastern spirituality. It's kind of all about that. Oh yeah, you know, like we're going to surrender the ego. You know, we're kind of, we're going to try to detach from desire. But Western, the Western mentality is so fiercely individualistic. You know, and I like a lot of individualism, but at the same time, we're all living together, right, on this teeny little speck in space, and we still haven't gotten our stuff together. You know, <laughs> we're, we're still fighting all these wars all the time and it's so disappointing and um and, and i think that we do need this collective shadow work we, we often operate from our subconscious fears and the way i see it is if if we are constantly operating from our subconscious fears that means that we're not really operating from a space of free will you know because these decisions are really being made for us from we might say the reptilian brain right we're yes. not even considering them you know, with a logical, rational, um, the logical, rational part of our brain, part of our psyche. And um, this, again, creates a lot of problems. We, we basically have no actual agency in our lives because, again, these things are being decided for us based on our lowest, basest instincts and natures, right? And, you know, there's also that scientific aspect to go back with that, too, is when it, you're constantly being fed fear, your hormones are raised. You've got your cortisols going up. You've got adrenaline going up. You're not getting a balance of that. And it does affect you physically as well as mentally and emotionally. And eventually that bleeds into spiritually. And so when you're constantly right. doing all that, eventually you start to get to the point where you're like, well, I don't feel like doing anything. I don't want to do the work. I don't want to do the magic. Nothing feels right. Everything feels broken. My stuff's not working. All these things. And that's when you have to kind of start going, what's out of balance? Where did I screw it up? And it's not so much that it's the victim part of you that should be like, oh, I screwed up. I'm the fuck up here. No, you're not. It's literally what's out of balance. Is it the physical aspect? Is it your mental aspect? Is it, you know, your emotional aspect or is it your spiritual aspect? And in those kinds of things, when you start doing that, that's part of your shadow work. You're checking in with all those different systems and saying, yes. what's wrong? Yes. Where is it broken? <clears throat> How can I fix it? What do I need to do? And sometimes, yes, you, you know, like you were saying, go outside, 
seek that um, external therapist, counselor, you know, whatever it may be for you. And getting that external help is what will bring everything back into balance. And sometimes that's not the answer. Sometimes you need to do something else. You know, sometimes you can't afford to do that. So you have to figure it out on your own. But still doing that shadow work to figure out how do I fix this? Also to help fix that physical side. When you start doing that, you'll start seeing things fall back into place. And then the magic start, yes. suddenly starts to fix itself. And it's like... Well, that was all I needed was apparently some therapy. (laughs) And it could be, you know, it could be maybe all you need was a few days off and visiting nature, Mm -hmm. you know, or it could be maybe you just need a couple days off and you need to do some cleansing baths, or maybe you need to go to a concert, you know, or maybe you need to work on this art project. And, and, you know, I, I want to add something too. I'm, I'm going to do the improv thing and yes. And um, <laughs> to your, to your previous thing, you know, when, when we find those instances in our lives and we will all have them, you know, where, where we feel burned out or we just don't feel as connected to our practice as we did before. It obviously the first thing is we want to look, just like you said, we want to look at, well, you know, what am I doing quote unquote wrong or what do I need to change? But this can also, in my experience, this can also be an indicator that you are on the right path. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how I often get this is, you know, I mean, our ego, our ego desperately wants us to believe that that's the only viable part of us, right? Is just the ego. And the ego wants that supremacy. And a lot of the work that we're doing in the craft and in occultism and spirituality is directly in opposition of the goals of the ego. Yes. And so the ego will often step in and to try to derail us. And what I have found is that when I am on the right path, that's really when the ego gets loudest and will try all these dirty tricks to try to throw me off the path. And one of the best, most effective ways that the ego can throw us off the path is to give us that feeling of disconnect you know, in which we feel like, oh, everything I'm doing, it's not really working. Oh, I just don't feel like doing it anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we often don't. And now I came to this realization through a weird way. Um, I used to smoke cigarettes and um, I quit many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was lovely. I just stopped one day and it was done. (laughs) And so I'm I'm very lucky. Everything else Um, in life was that simple, right? (laughs) No kidding. I know. I, my sister was the same way. So we suspected there's just some special gene or something that we got and, and we were able to just let it go. Cause I know my, my husband, like he's struggled with that for a long time. And I remember like, after we had quit for like a decade, he revealed to me Cause I, I mentioned like, oh, I don't even think about it anymore. It's not, it's not part of my reality. And um, he's like, oh, I actually crave it every single day. And my heart sank for him because Aww. I was like, oh my God, how, wow, it's been a decade. And every day you crave it every day. I craved it for like a week and a half. And, um, and even that wasn't so bad because I just made up my mind. I can be a stubborn guy. <laughs> I just dug my heels in. Nope, not doing this anymore. Once I'm on a streak, I'm pretty good about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know that that just made my heart sink. But because, but 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 looking at the the cigarette cravings that I did have at the time, 
when I had like a really big craving, mm -hmm. that was easier for me to resist because it was totally in the forefront of my consciousness. I was like, oh, I'm having this big craving. Well, I better resist it. Far more difficult for me was when I just had like a little craving that kind of came with the subconscious mes message of, oh, you could do just one. It's not going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then I would have one. And then the next thing I knew, I was smoking again, right? Yeah. So I had had that experience and I knew, oh, those almost imperceptible cravings, those were the really insidious ones. Those were the ones that really could get me. And until I realized that consciously, they were still able to derail me. And the same thing is true in my spiritual practice. You know, there'll be times that maybe I'll feel some negative vibes, you know, uh, weird to say, but being kind of like a public person in the in the witchcraft movement um mm -hmm. yeah i get a fair number of people you know saying that they're gonna curse me you know, <laughs> whatever they don't agree with my politics you know they don't agree with my take on the craft or you know whatever it is and so i i've, I've had a, a handful of people you know um you know say publicly that they're cursing me or you know whatever and on a few occasions i felt something show up and so i've had to work against it mm -hmm. you know but but I sometimes would feel like, oh, I need to do a cleansing. I need to do, do an uncrossing. And then a few times when that was happening, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I just, I just don't feel like doing it. And so then maybe I wouldn't do it. And then like, I would feel like the negative energy would kind of compound or, mm -hmm. or get more until I realized, oh, it's the same thing as that, that, that small little cigarette craving. It was just like, it came with the permission to do nothing you know, this little bit of laziness, you know, that yeah. creeps in from the ego, but it's very specific laziness. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a type of laziness that has a purpose. You know, the purpose is to derail us. It's to make us believe that the ego is the only thing that matters. And so when these things happen and I feel like, oh, I just don't feel like doing it. I, I, I let that now be a red flag that says, storm you better pay attention to this mm -hmm. and i'm like oh oh yeah that's right okay then i better go ahead and do it after all and so now i do it and that's been really good for me that sounds really like great advice to be fair so that's actually really awesome i mean it sucks that that's you know when that happens like you're experiencing something but at the same time you know recognizing that it's like oh this is actually bigger than it looks Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, and, and so if I just look at it as the small little thing, I'm far more likely just to let it slide. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it does become kind of that, I hate to say it because it's a, one of those, you know, logical fallacies, but the slippery slope. Yep. You know, it does, it actually becomes the slippery slope when I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to let this happen. I'm just going to, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal until it becomes a big deal. And then it's like a much bigger job when I could have just, could have just taken a bath, <laughs> you know, yep. I could have just done, uh, done a cleansing you know, <laughs> meditation and everything would have been fine. Now I got to break out the candles and now I got to start the chanting. <laughs> you know, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and it's funny though, to, to kind of think about, you know, what you were saying that being in the public space and, you know, people wanting to hex you and all that stuff, um, that almost kind of falls under again, that toxic toxicity that we were talking about earlier it's like oh i don't agree with this the cool thing about witchcraft and if you've listened to my show long enough you'll know this is my whole mantra it's your craft your way 
what we yeah. say, how we practice any of those things. If you don't agree with it, don't take it to heart. Don't do it. Yeah. You don't like it. Totally. Cool. It's like somebody being like, here's my recipe. I want you, I would love for you to fix this and tell me if you like it. Well, you don't like 90% of the ingredients in it. Then don't fucking fix it. <laughs> don't do it. Honestly. You know, here's my thing too. I'm, I, I like to say I'm an expert on my opinion. Right. And so, and that's all I have really is here's my opinion on the craft. And I'm not here to tell other people that they're doing witchcraft wrong. You know, e even if I might personally believe that there's, there's people that I think out there that are, you know, teaching the craft, maybe on TikTok or, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, wow, I wouldn't touch their craft with a 10 foot wand, you know, um, but whatever, I'm not going to go out there and say that unless you're hurting people. Yes. Unless you're being transphobic or, you know, an anti-Semite or racist, you know, whatever. I'm not going to say anything, you know, publicly. Um, but I will talk about my values. And, and I think that's really important for me as a gay man, as a public warlock. I think it's important that I talk about my values. And of course, I think my values are correct. If I didn't think they're correct, then I think they would be pretty shitty values. I was going to say, you wouldn't be teaching them, so. <laughs> right, you know. So, like, for example, but I, but I get accused of virtue signaling, you know, a lot. And and I just posted about this on threads, um, which, by the way, if, if anyone is still on Twitter X, you should leave. <laughs> Come over to threads if you, if you want to have a similar experience, but without all the, without all the muskiness. Um, but but on that point, I, I just posted something about you know, Twitter X and Elon Musk and, and um, uh, uh, you know, what's going on right now, of course, is the Anti-Defamation League has pointed out that, you know, a lot of anti-Semitic um, hate speech, mm -hmm. you know, is being allowed to thrive on that site and is actually being given a voice by Elon Musk and now um, advertisers. There's literally white supremacist advertisers Ew. Um, that that are yeah they've paid money to Elon to X and they are championing the white race and, and whatever and you know Musk has empowered them and he's given them this platform you know there's a lot of rampant transphobes and racists and, and and all of the you know what we would call the basket of deplorables you know who were banned from the site under the old management and then Musk let them all back in and including forty five. Ugh. And, um, you know, and so <clears throat> it's just, it's been allowed to fester. Well, the Anti-Defamation League recently came out and pointed that out and also pointed out that th this is really why a lot of advertisers are pulling out of Twitter X. And instead of taking that advice to heart, what has Musk done? He is threatening to ban the Anti-Defamation League from his platform um, or, as he puts it, defamation. And, you know, this comes on the heels of another hate watch group pointing out that, you know, hate speech on that site has skyrocketed. And so, yeah, he, he banned them. And, you know, it's just like, oh, he calls them, they're the real racists. They're the, you know, and that's, it's just, I mean, come on. This is just, this is getting absurd now. So, so my thing is, you know, I don't think people should be on that site, you know, and people might have legitimate reasons why they want to remain on that site. You know, one argument that I heard that I actually agreed with is there's strength in numbers. And so some people want to make sure that they outnumber the fascists, 
you know, and I kind of see that as proverbially throwing a monkey wrench into the works, right? And I respect that, you know, but if people are just like, oh, well, just my favorite celebrities are there and I already built a following, you know, and whatever, I don't really respect that as much. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'll be, I admit it, you know, that's, I, I don't, if that's the only reason you're still on Twitter X is because, oh, all my authors are here. This is where all the celebrities are, or this is where I can find porn, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I don't respect that. I, I do think it's a moral failing, you know, but I'm not going to call individual people out for that because that's BS, you know, but I just let my feelings be heard and I posted it on threads. Well, then somebody I don't know and I don't follow and they don't even follow me mm-hmm. chimed in to basically say that I was the real Nazi because I was strong arming people, uh, you know, kind of shaming people, you know, into, you know, leaving Twitter. While this person admitted they weren't even on Twitter. So I didn't even know it's like, you got no dog in that show. You know, <laughs> what? what's, I don't understand. But and at first I was going to respond. And then I was like, why? Why, why even respond? You know, the, uh, as far as I'm concerned, this person has already come in. They're being insulting. They're obviously very angry with me. I don't know who the hell they are. So I, I just, I, I hid their comments and I blocked them. Wow. And, I, and I felt really good about it too, <laughs> you know? Cause I'm like, I get to, I, I, I get to protect my own energy in my space. Now, some people will say, oh, you can't have a disagreement with people. I, absolutely. I have disagreements with people all the time. You can and have disagreements can with people and also choose not to take any disrespect. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you come at me guns blazing with accusations and, you know, you've, you've just decided what my motivations are or where my heart is, you know, without actually trying to have a conversation with me, I don't owe you anything. And yeah, and, you can have you know, disagreements with people. You can disagree about stuff all day long. Like, for example, my mother. I love her. She is a Republican. I am not. Oh. <laughs> she is somebody that uh, she doesn't agree with all of the Republican stances. So, uh, but we agree well, to, you know, kind of very nicely discuss politics. And we also agree that we disagree about a lot of stances. And that's okay. As long as we are understanding with each other where we both sit. And understanding that depending on her choices and also, I guess, depending on mine, even though, you know, in my brain and probably in hers as well, I'm not sure mine are the wrong ones, but anywho, that those (laughs) those choices will have consequences. Now, that's not meaning, hey, I'm saying that you can't disagree with me or you can't do anything like this. Please, yes, you don't like what I'm talking about. That's cool. You don't have to like it. You don't even have to like me. That's fine. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things of when you become disrespectful and you're choosing to basically just, you know, come at somebody and just be like, I'm going to attack you and I'm going to attack this stuff. That's cool. We don't have to agree on stuff. We don't have to agree on, on anything. That also means that we don't also have to interact with each other. Like you can go find right. your people that agree with you, that talk with you, that you enjoy what they enjoy and vice versa. That doesn't mean that we always have to interact. And I think that goes a long ways kind of thinking about where we are also in the witch community as well. The witch community, we see so many people are like, no, it's my way. And this happens so much with Lucians. Oh, 
those who work with Loki, there's so many different people that will be like, no, this is the only way you only can do this. Or <laughs> then you have the other people that are like, no, you can't work with Loki at all. He's terrible and evil. And it's right, like, right. Okay. Oh let, let's goodness. have a conversation about Loki, shall we? <laughs> like, like, that's one of those things where it's like, let me just sit down and educate you just for five minutes. If you still don't agree with me, you don't have to. You don't even have to work with him. Maybe he doesn't want to work with you. That's the thing, too. But at the end of the day, I think it's where if you're coming at it from a level of disrespect, you're going to probably be met with some disrespect. And then you right. shouldn't be offended when somebody disrespects you or blocks you and says, you know what? No. You're not going to affect my energy. You're not going to do that to me. And I think that that's also kind of bringing it full circle back to the love and light thing. That's the whole, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to be a part of that. And obviously, when you're not wanting to hear somebody else's opinions because it disagrees with you, that's right. a, kind of a problem. That makes it where the discourse becomes much bigger. And then that kind of breeds that disrespect. Being able to understand that somebody else has a different opinion than you or a different practice or a different way of life is okay and that's something that we all need to kind of understand that storm and i are not the same person we also don't <laughs> maybe 100 percent. well we agree a lot but we may not agree 100 percent on everything <laughs> but we agree a lot on everything which makes it very easy for us to have a great friendship and all that so in those regards when you're working with other people and you're meeting people especially on the internet the internet is I think dun, dun, the best dun. and the worst thing that has ever happened to humanity. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. When you're meeting people on the internet, just kind of come at with the mindset of saying, you know what, this person's not me. We may not agree wholeheartedly with each other. We may not even have the exact same kind of mindset about things. And that's okay. They are entitled to their own opinions. Just right. like the people that I... You know, I'm out there that I'm like, oh, I I don't agree with that at all. And that's kind of right. a gross thing to think. They're entitled to their opinions, even if I really don't like it. And that's okay. As yeah. long as they're not hurting anybody. When you start hurting other people, then I'm going to probably get involved. Exactly. And that <laughs> is really, and that's really where the argument does start to break down a little bit. Um, because I, I see a lot of people hiding behind the shield that is titled, I'm entitled to my own opinion, right? Yeah. And for the most part, we are. But an opinion, not all opinions are created equal. And opinions are not necessarily fact. And we, we can, absolutely, people are entitled to their own opinions. However, some opinions aren't based on facts. And, you know, like somebody could have the opinion that, Black people are not okay. And that's not okay. That's not okay to have that opinion, you know? And so, and I do see a lot of people hiding behind it. Well, it's just my opinion. You have to respect it. I actually don't. I don't have to respect every opinion. I don't have to respect every religion. You know, if I do see it like hurting people, absolutely not. I'm not going to respect that. But that's different. An opinion that we can agree to disagree on mm -hmm. would be, I like pineapple on pizza. Pineapple right? on pizza. Is I personally, awesome. I love pineapple on pizza. See, and this is why we're friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, these are the real issues, Pagan. You really need to get down to the nitty gritty. This is what really matters to witchcraft today. Um, you know, or like, you know, 
how you take your coffee or whatever. Those are opinions. Maybe opinions on the political level would be on the level of policy. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I think we should give money to this or we should take money away from that, you know, blah, blah, blah. That that might be an opinion. But I don't think having opinions about like groups of people and their right to exist, you know, that's obviously different. And I know that's not what you're arguing. No, with. that is not no, what I'm arguing. I'm, no, definitely. Exactly. Not. <laughs> I know. But I'm just I'm putting it out there because from my perspective, you know, I definitely see myself as much more, I'm a leftist, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm, I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I am proud of that. Um, I definitely am, am I, I support progressive values. Um, for me, I see the Democratic Party as right of center. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we have no viable, you know, left political party in the United States. Um, people always talk about the Green Party, and I and I, I was registered Green Party for a long time, um, but they're just at this point they're just not a viable, no political path. You know that they they need to beef up. You know, but that's a whole other conversation. That is a whole other conversation. But you know, <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting though when you kind of bring everything back to full circle, like what we were saying before. That kind of also goes back to the whole thing of if you're coming at somebody with you know attacking opinions. And I say that in a, you know, way where you're literally going out to hurt somebody or you're going out to say something harmful or mean or bullying or terrible to another human being just because you can. Um, right. That's where we also have to come back to that full toxicity aspect of, you know, yes, you can embrace the light side or you can embrace the dark side whatever you want to call it. you know personally if we're going to go down the star wars motives i would embrace the dark side full sith all the way but that <laughs> hey that's just me but you know it's i want color. force lightning of course <laughs> i just like the whole sith thing but that's you know i digress um but if you're going to go down that road and you're choosing to go down that road i would really have to ask yourself you know, where, what makes you think that that's okay? And is that truly a path that makes you happy? I mean, really, yeah, I at the end that. of the day, doesn't make you happy. And if it doesn't make you happy, and this is also about the whole love and light thing. If you're working so hard to push away all that negativity, you know, being in that kind of thing, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, it would be exhausting. Yeah. So Absolutely. I have to ask is, does it make you happy? And if it doesn't ask yourself why, and I'm not telling you what you should do. And I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just saying, this is what it looks like from the outside. And I think that there's a great deal of everything that we try to do as humans. We're all going to screw it up in some way, shape or form. There's, <laughs> there's no real way to be right anyway. But at the end of the day, it's what brings you joy, but also what brings you joy without hurting somebody else. Yeah. And so I think that's the important message about this and making sure that you're checking in with all aspects of yourself. Yeah. Including and I your that shadow. <laughs> and that, exactly. We need the, sh the shadow as part of us. And that, that's something that in witchcraft, I feel the movement as diversity as it is has done, has done a fairly good job of sacralizing the shadow, mm -hmm. you know, of, of pointing out that, Hey, this is not something to fear, no. you know, which is we gather in darkness, 
we embrace darkness, you know, even like in the stereotype, we're, we're dressed in the black robes, you know, whatever. And um, the, this is a symbol too of like the dark, that we actually, we need the dark in order to be able to perceive a larger part of the universe. You know, if we're gonna go stargazing, we can't have light pollution. Right, yeah, you know? because you won't see the and stars. I, Exactly. And, and so I think we need that on a spiritual level as well. And, you know, coming from, you know, it's honestly the, the love and light stuff, obviously that affects witchcraft as well, but it, it's really rampant in what is often called the new age community. Yep. I don't even know if they're, if, is that phrase even, even the, still used? I don't know, actually. You know, I, it kind of, it was very big thing. in like the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands and nineties. Yeah. I was, I mean, I'm, I'm older than you. Yeah. So <laughs> the, it was big in the 80s, let me tell you. Oh my God, what was that song? There's a song. It was acceptable in the 80s. Right? <laughs> if you haven't heard that song, Google it. Google it, kids. Um, but it, um, it's actually a newer song, right? But it sounds like it was from the 80s. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the crystals and everything. And I get it. I, I think really we were coming out of a cultural time where, you know, there was a lot of Christian dominated dialogue about spirituality, a lot of hellfire, a lot of doom and gloom. And so I think that the 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 light aspect of the new age was kind of at the time a type of medicine for a lot of people that were basically told spirituality or religion was just being afraid of going to hell and focusing on how you're damned and and how you're begging to be saved right and so and i think culturally that messed up a lot of people generationally yeah. and so something like love and light as a spiritual practice would make sense when coming out of that paradigm of doom gloom and hellfire right but it becomes a trap in itself it's like the trap of bliss you know and kind of if you're looking at kind of buddhist inspired you know meditation practices this idea that like you start getting into meditation on the road to enlightenment and then you can find bliss, but then bliss itself is a trap because it can keep you complacent and it keeps you from actually evolving. Yep. You know, if you're just experiencing bliss, it's just like, oh, I just feel good. So I'm not going to do anything. And I see it as the spiritual equivalent of just like sitting on the couch, eating potato chips and watching Netflix until you die. You know, you know it's just like, I'm going to do what's comfortable, but I'm not going to do what's important. The, the funny know. thing is that you, you talk about bliss and the first thing that comes to mind is I, I'm an avid video gamer and Far Cry 5, if you've never played it, um, I highly mm -hmm. recommend the game. A uh, little violent and especially if you live in America, it's going to ring home for sure. But that yeah. that being said, one of the villains creates this drug that's called bliss and it mm. literally keeps you blissed out. It keeps you in this state of euphoria where you don't realize the world is going to shit around you and that you're just happily chasing the butterflies and listening to the happy messages and there's music and choirs of angels and like you're on this like spiritual high in your brain kind of thing because of this drug and i think that that's kind of the same way when it comes to what you were saying about the meditation yeah we can absolutely achieve the bliss we can achieve those beautiful solace feelings of just absolute euphoria but at the same time, and Judica Isle said this so well in one of the interviews I had with her, where you can't stay in the spirit world all the time. Right. You can only maybe stay in there maybe 15, 20% of your time max. 
because otherwise you're going to miss what's happening here in the real world that requires your attention. Yeah, that's and a big deal. It actually. is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where I come from um, in, um, you know, the, the fairy tradition, um, our founder, Victor Anderson, would often say that you could become addicted to your God soul yeah. or, you know, i.e. addicted to your spirituality. And if that was the case, you would start to lose interest in your mundane life. Mm-hmm. And that was a concern, you know, because your mon- your quote unquote mundane life is actually just as spiritual as like any other part of our life. But we are so conditioned to thinking that spirituality is something that wholly transcends the physical. And really to me, one of the basic tenets of the craft is recognizing that the physical world is simply the visible end of the spectrum that is spirit. And I think that's really, really important to comprehend, you know, that our physical life, physical pleasure, eating good food, engaging in consensual sex with adults, you know, (laughs) these are things that are actually holy. They do not distract us or detract us from our spiritual path. They are part of our holy existence. You know, the way that I see humanity is we are all gods in larval form. You know, this is taking a phrase, again, from the late Victor Anderson. You know, we are all on this path toward realizing our own godhood. But enjoying sex or eating chocolate is not something that takes us away from our godhood. And in many cases, it actually elevates us. Honestly, a lot of my deities like those kinds of offerings. So (laughs) Exactly. You know, if you want to make it a spiritual experience, you absolutely can. There's so many ways to bring your spirituality into your mundane lives and from your cup of coffee all the way to your sex, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and it doesn't... And it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I have to cast a circle. Oh, I have to light a candle. You know, I could simply eat like a square of chocolate and just let that dissolve, let that melt on my tongue while I am fully in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I am fully enjoying all of the sensations, taking my sweet ass time to really be in that moment. There's nothing more spiritual than that. Exactly. Being in the present moment. And that's something that us Westerners have a hard time doing because we are driven by the capitalist mindset that says we must be productive. We must have something to show for our work. And that's where we get our value from. And a lot of the craft is in direct opposition to that. I I do see the craft as an anti-capitalist path, or at least how I perceive it. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I do think that that's really important that we focus on, well, what actually brings me pleasure? And then recognizing that too is holy. Again, as long as no one is harmed, mm-hmm. you know, as a result, you know, we have to be a little careful. You know, some people do derive pleasure from harming others and that's a pathology. Yep. You know, that that's something that is, that's a defect. That's a, that's a, that's a mental, that's a psychological defect. And not that I want to shame people for having that as an issue, Um I would like to remove the stigma you know, of mental illness. We obviously need a lot more mental health coverage, yep. you know, and care, you know, in this country and on this planet. Um, you know, but as long as you're not causing harm to yourself, to other people, to animals, to the environment, you know, then whatever your pleasure is, you know, you, you again, it could be playing violent video games. If that, <laughs> if that brings you pleasure, 
You're not hurting me. anybody. You know, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt yeah. anyone that, you know, because right. again, it's a video game. It's fiction. It's something that you're able Kill to do. Kill those pixel people. Kill you know, the I'm, pixel I'm people. It. Do it. You know, um, get, get out your, it's a healthy way to get out your aggression. It is. You know, and we all have aggression. We, we are animals and we have that in us, you know, and, and instead of burying it and pretending it doesn't exist, oh, love and light, positive vibes only. When we embrace it and then give that inner rage or give that, that, that primal anger a positive avenue in which to be expressed, that elevates us all. You know, and it's interesting kind of talking about those kind of rage feelings and making sure that you're able to feel them and understand them and, you know, deal with them in a healthy way. There are moments because I, you know, obviously I have to edit these podcasts. I have to get them ready to go out to post-production. <laughs> Premiere Pro is the bane of my podcasting existence. <laughs> and I have a little like squishy rage octopus. Literally, he looks like he's all pissed off and ragey. And he is literally my stress ball. And I cannot tell you how many times I've tried to <laughs> pop his little head because of Premiere Pro. So, yes, rage is healthy as long as you're not taking it out on something else that can feel that harm. Right. And my little rage octopus, he's already angry. It's fine. He can accept and, it. <laughs> and it's healthy if we resist the urge to bury it. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they won't it's even have come that back rage up. octopus. It will come back up. Yeah. You know, um, buried feelings never die. You know, they, they will always resurrect like the motherfucking walking dead. Okay? <laughs> and that's, that's so just awesome. how that works, right? We will, you will deal with this at some point. If you aren't <laughs> dealing with it now, then you're going to deal with like five zombies later, right? You know, so maybe deal with it now, you know, or, or whenever you feel like you can't. Obviously, we can't deal with everything all at once. Sometimes we need to take a break. We need to take a step back. We need to mm -hmm. lick our wounds. Maybe we do need to eat potato chips and watch Netflix for a while, but then we need to return to that work. We need to uncover what has been buried. We need to allow it the light of day. Yeah. We need to fully expose it. We need to let it go, you know, or transform it, take that power back. You know, that's something too, that I learned primarily in fairy tradition, you know, um, in other forms of the craft, before I came to fairy, I would often be confronted with um, ideas like, doing a spell to banish a bad habit or to banish negativity, you know, negative thoughts, in which case a lot of times you might do something like, oh, I'm going to put my anger into this stone and I'm going to throw this stone away. Well, that might make you feel a little better in the moment, but what have you actually done to address that anger? And to consider also that anger within you, it's your life force. Yep. It's part of your soul. It's part of your power. Why banish it when we could perhaps work to transform it and then reintegrate it? And, and that's something that is really at the base of, I would say, a fairy tradition philosophy. It's really about having what has been called a good energy ecology in the sense that we recognize all the energies, all the emotions are part of me. It's all part of my life force. And so I'm not going to banish them because if I was to banish them, that would be kind of the psychic equivalent of undergoing an amputation. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I smashed my thumb with a hammer. My thumb hurts. I'm going to cut off my thumb. <laughs> yeah, to make it feel better, you know? right? <laughs> oh, my goodness, right? 
how about we just work to heal the thumb and you keep that right (laughs) and so like with me my my example is um you know if if i didn't shave my head you would know that i'm actually a redhead and so i have that that redheaded temper right i Mm -hmm. i have an aries rising and i'm a redhead so woe be to you who crosses me right so i um but i'm way better at it than i was over the years but but i recognized that i could be quick to anger um there are a couple times in my life where i literally saw red you know before those experiences i thought that was just a saying you know that that people would you know kind of play with until it happened and i was like wow oh yeah <laughs> that was that was real um but you know because i'm aware that I have that tendency, I have much more of a presence of mind to step in and to, you know, to work on that, to make things better, you know, and that's because of shadow work. Yep. You know, if it wasn't, if I wasn't actively looking at my shadow, I'd probably still be a rage ball, you know, and I'd like to think I'm not, I mean, obviously I can get angry. And if I see people abusing other people, I have no qualms about using my anger you know, on those people, you know, I'm, I'm better than I used to be. I don't respond to everything now on social media. <laughs> I used to respond to everything. Like I would call this out and whatever. And a lot of that I still stand by, mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't, I don't have to cha- I'm not the champion of the world. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am, I'm not a superhero. It's not my responsibility to call everybody out, whatever. I'll do it as I see fit. I'm going to choose my battles. Um, but I'm not as angry as I used to be but I still recognize that I have that in me. Mm-hmm. And that's because of shadow work that I recognize that. And so I'm able to act accordingly. And I've been able to do things to kind of heal a lot of my inner anger. And, and so it doesn't really affect me in the same way that it did before. I'm not here to say like, oh, I've done all my shadow work and I'm this perfect shining person now. Oh no, Far shadow work's it. continuous. It, it never ends. Oh, I mean, it's, I think as long as we're alive, right? Yeah. And humans are deliciously messy. Oh, we are very messy creatures. And, you know, and you know, so, and I'm messy, you know, I, I totally, <laughs> you know, I'm not as messy as I used to be, but you know, I, I, and part of it too, I think, you know, being a gay man, I really didn't have the same adolescence, you know, that other people did necessarily. I didn't get to date in high school and junior high and all that kind of stuff. And so I had more of like a second adolescence later, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, even my thirties and forties, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. And, um, but it, you know, I've done a lot of growing since then. I don't feel like the the the, the same need. But I did want to like spiral it back for just a moment to mm-hmm. like you know coming back to to love and light. Um, again, a lot of it coming out of the New Age movement, not exclusively, but I do feel like the New Age movement has really affected you know witchcraft. Oh yeah, it has. But I want to say there was um, several years ago. <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm going to delve into the news for a moment, but um, it was when Trayvon Martin was killed. Yeah. And there was, that was for me, the eye-opening moment, you know, when I realized, wow, there, this country is way more racist than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Right. And because, you know, I have white privilege and, and that privilege is invisible, you know, and I never thought about it before, but I've never gotten behind the wheel of a car and felt like I was going to potentially be killed by a police officer because of the color of my skin. Um, and yet I know a lot of black people that that's their thought every day Mm -hmm. when they get behind a wheel of a car. And I never thought of that before, but then after Trayvon Martin, a lot of my black friends 
started talking more candidly about this and I would hear this sort of stuff. And I was just, I was floored, you know? And instead of disbelieving them, and I see a lot of white people just disbelieve black people's actual lived experiences. Um, I believed them and it was so sad you know, because it was like all these emotions, you know, came up and it was like, wow, I can't believe that they've had to deal with this, you know, for so long. And then I felt guilty because, well, they've been dealing with this for longer than I've been alive. Mm -hmm. And how did I not know, you know? And so I kind of blamed myself a little bit for not knowing, but then, you know, you don't know what you don't know. That's true. And, 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 but now I know. And now that I know better, hopefully I can do better. Right. But during this whole time, there was um, a woman who used to um, come to our shop and she was otherwise a very lovely woman, but she was definitely more on the new age side. And she started going off on, I don't, I'm just going to be frank, going off on this nonsense about how, oh, well, Trayvon Martin, that was a spiritual contract. I'm sorry, you know, what? Made. Yeah, right. I mean, you can see where this is going, right? So it's another way of blaming the victim. It was like, <laughs> well, he did this on a soul level, you know, in order to, you know, whatever, to bring this issue to light or, you know, whatever. And it was still just a way of blaming the victim and also saying, well, I have no responsibility in this to make the world better. And I confronted her. This was over Facebook. I confronted her straight away. I was like, this is bullshit. And you should be ashamed of yourself. And she was so shocked because I'm usually nice. You know, people think, oh, Storm's a nice guy, whatever, until I'm not. <laughs> and I was, I was so appalled. And, um, but thankfully, she was so shocked by my reaction that it really shook her to her core. And she looked at it and she apologized and she recognized like, oh my God, I didn't realize this, but you're right. You know, this was just a way of like, not having to feel bad because it gives us this sense that everything is actually in control. There's a higher power controlling all of this for us. So we don't have to take any personal responsibility and it's BS, you know, this whole idea that, Oh, there are no accidents. You know, it's all, it's all being controlled. So it's all for a reason. No, not everything has a reason beyond the reason that we might ascribe to it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes bad things happen to good people. And a lot of times good things happen to bad people. Yeah. And we might tell ourselves, oh, well, karma's going to get him. Really? That's just another way for us to say, yeah, I don't have to lift a finger to try to balance the scale because, oh, karma will do it for me. Or Jesus will come and take care of it. <laughs> or the aliens will come and save us. Guess what? No one's coming to save us. We have to do that ourselves. We are the agents of karma. I don't think the aliens are going to show up because they look at all of us and go, uh, I'm not touching that crazy with a 10 foot pole. Right. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or they're already here and they're just waiting for us to kill ourselves off. Yeah. You know? Basically that's like, yeah, oh, they'll die in a few years. Just 2023. <laughs> yeah. Not long now. Oh, geez. Um, yes. I had to like pick my job off the floor as you were telling that story. Holy crap. Right. You know, and you know, and she's otherwise a lovely woman. She was just clueless. You know, at the time, I'm glad that maybe even through my anger or maybe because of my anger, it was the metaphorical slap in the face maybe she needed. And hopefully, I mean, I haven't spoken to her in years, but, you know, um, hopefully she's continued on that vein. But that, but that is a problem 
in that particular community. And and I, 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 I one of the big figures in that community that was promoting that was Doreen Virtue. Yeah. And look what happened to her. No, she's you know, I mean, maybe some people would say she is oh man, yeah. That that's yeah. just the nice way of far. We're we're just gonna uh, leave it at that nicest one. Way of putting it. That's way nicer. That's way nicer than I was gonna be. And I appreciate that. But but she was such a problem for she she was like basically the poster child for spiritual bypassing. Yeah. And you know, she had a tarot deck in which there weren't any negative meanings for any of the cards. And and she justified it by saying, Well, if you're like me, you know, you just there's so much negativity in the world already, you just can't take it. And, you know. I'm like, but that's the exact reason why we need to confront it. Maybe I'm just a weirdo, but I kind of like when my tarot cards throw me a little shade because then that usually tells me I need to fix my shit. Like, right. And it's I, not I'm, just giving you what you want to hear. I, I don't need the niceties. I need you to tell, like, I'm asking you a question because it's like, hey, I, I've got right. this whole thing going on. Can you help me figure it out? What needs to be fixed? Well, oh, absolutely. Love and light. Here's this, and it's like, no, that's not what I asked. What is wrong? That's what that I is, asked. It's the really, it's the same thing. Like if you are an artist or a writer or, or a creative, and then you share your work with others and ask for their criticism, and then they just say, "Oh, I liked it. Oh, yeah, I, 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 it's lovely." And in a, and I'm not going to get down on that because thank you. I love that you know you like my art or you like my writing or my poetry or whatever. But I'm also looking for, you know, what didn't work for you because I'm trying to, you know, hone my craft. Hone it, make it better, and you make know? sure it's a polished piece of thing before it goes yeah. to and, 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 the official And just world. to be clear, not maybe I'm not always looking for that when I post something, you know, like on, <laughs> you know, Facebook or Instagram or threads or, you know, whatever. I'm not necessarily asking everyone to critique me, although that's going to happen because that's the world. Um, but, I, you know, I will share stuff with, like, certain of my peeps you know, you know, and my, my real life friends or whatever. And, and even them are like, Oh, I liked it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thanks. But <laughs> that doesn't really help me, you know, because I, I want to, what, what, what specifically did you like, you know, or maybe was, did this not address something, you know, but this whole like idea that we always have to be nice and we always have to be polite and always say something positive and get where it comes from on the surface. It's nice. I do think kindness is something we should all strive for at the very least. Mm -hmm. um, and compassion, definitely. But kindness and compassion doesn't mean that you sweep everything under the rug. That's not true kindness or compassion. That's just denial. That's just denial with sugar on top. Yeah, that, that's the whole thing of, let's just say, you know, that it's like, sometimes having just kindness is wonderful in that regard but sometimes constructive criticism can help way more than you know and yeah. there's a way to be you know yes. criticizing you without be being mean yeah you can have both you can yeah. criticize and be kind you know and and you know maybe if the person is so super sensitive that you know they're going to be hurt in the moment that's not necessary if, if you did your best to be kind that's all you can do. That's all you can do. And you if know? the person does take it personally, that doesn't fall on you. Right. That's that's really on them. 
and yeah. you know providing that you actually were kind yes <laughs> that you were actually kind if you were yeah. if you were questionably kind maybe work on your approach yeah. but if yeah, you maybe, were not kind then uh <laughs> don't don't just don't <laughs> don't be right? don't be an asshat right? okay um anywho we are about out of time so this has been <laughs> wonderful as always i love chatting with you and you and I both know that we could just keep going for days and days and days. Oh, absolutely. No. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for inviting me back. It's always. always a uh, so what is going on with you? Do you got any book signings coming up? Do you have any um, new projects coming up that you want to kind of advertise for everybody? So, and obviously you're on threads. Um, so where else can people find you on social media? Those are my top three questions for you okay so i'll do social media first so obviously we mentioned threads you know mm -hmm. follow me at fairy wolf f-a-e-r-y wolf um you could also you know go to my website fairywolf.com i'm on instagram at fairy wolf um i am on facebook fairy wolf <laughs> so um oh you know um eh, don't bother tiktok or youtube i've got i have an account there they're just placeholders um, you can also um, find some of my work, my classes at modernwitchuniversity.com. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like a, upcoming events, I'm not sure when this will be aired, but I actually have stuff coming up later this month. Uh, this over... will be aired on, I'm going to pull my calendar. One second. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this will be aired on September the 11th. Oh, okay. So there will be a little time. Yeah. So ooh, it's coming up. So um. I want to say September 16 is when um, I'm going to start um, doing a bunch of stuff in the Salem, Massachusetts area. Um, my um, partner, Matt Oren, and I are flying out there um, to go to Temple Fest, and we're going to be presenting um, some workshops there. But the week prior, weekend prior, we're at a few different shops. We're at um, Spiritus Ar Arcanum. Um, we are going to be at um, Zuzu's Magical Arts um enchanted and the pentagram shop so i'm um, definitely check that out you can go to fairywolf.com events and that will bring up all of those um a few of those events if you're not local a few of those are going to be live streamed and so you could um purchase tickets you know online to to um, be part of that um we're going to be teaching classes on psychic development in witchcraft um the witches trance and also ener energy work for witches so Ooh. those are those are all things that I'm very excited about. Um, so definitely check those out if you are so inclined. And if you've already registered for Temple Fest, I'm looking forward to seeing you all. Um, it's been a few years since I've been at the festival, and it's always been awesome. You know, obviously put on by the fine folks at the Temple of Witchcraft. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and then after that, there is that energy work for witches um, class that Matt and I are doing. We are going to expand it into a larger class for the Modern Witch University. And we also have some ideas for making that into a book. Oh, so we're neat. A collaborative book together. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. So we haven't pitched it yet. Um, so you guys are the first to hear about it. Um, but that's definitely something that is near and dear to my heart. I love working energy work and teaching people how to do that, whether it's Reiki or other modalities. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's on um, the burners, you know, for us, for the four locks. So I'm definitely check that out. Um, you can also um, shop from our store. We sell a lot of magical supplies and I do a sigil service. You can go to daturatrading.com and you can see all the things that we offer there as well. 
And all those links will be in the show description for everybody. So if that is something that you're interested in and you want to check those out, or if you're looking to go to those events and seeing about purchasing tickets, all those links will be right there in the show description and you can follow them there. This has Thank been you. so much fun. Yes, absolutely. Thank you again. I you always have such so a blast welcome. hanging out and chatting with you. Well, it's so awesome. Everyone who's listened, I hope that you got something awesome out of today's chat. And uh, if you didn't, that's okay. Because, you know, <laughs> take what you love, leave the rest, and practice your craft your way. Uh, but take care of yourselves, be kind to each other, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye, everyone.